Hello and welcome to the 250, the podcast where we learn about cricket and colonialism. I'm Douglas and with me as always is my co-host Jonathan. How are you, Jonathan? I'm doing just great. How are you, Douglas? <laughs> I'm doing well. What? <laughs> just before we start the podcast, you're like, I'm born ready. And then you're like, I'm like, how are you? And you're like, I'm, you know what? I'm pretty good. good. I'm good. <laughs> If this is your first time tuning into the 250, we have taken a snapshot of IMDb's top 250 movies of all time as of January 2020, and have begun watching them from number 250 through to number one. In this podcast, we discuss our opinions, thoughts, and reactions to the movies within. Today's movie, number 235, Lagan, Once Upon a Time in India. 1890s India, an arrogant British commander in their conquest to colonise India, challenged the harshly taxed residents of the fictional town of Champagne to a high-stakes game of cricket. It was directed by Ashutosh Gowarika, also written by Ashutosh Gowarika, Sanjay Dama, and Kumar Dave. Uh, neither John or myself have seen this film before, and I fucking love it. Yeah, it was really good. I fucking adore this movie. Like, it's two of my favourite things. Okay, we're going to take anything <laughs> away from my personality about me and from this podcast... <laughs> It's like, I love cricket, and I love musicals, and this has both of those things. <laughs> Amir Khan, really, uh, he, he, he's one for one now. He made mm. it back after. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's shown his true colours a little bit more now in this one, I think. I think uh, in PK, he kind of landed a rough role, which is one of the other films that we've seen, Amir Khan, the leading man in both uh, PK, a film that we watched earlier in the 250, as well as this film, Lagan. Uh Amir Khan is, yeah, the lead, and he, yeah, he does substantially better, I think, in this <laughs> character than he did in uh, PK. He's kind of, um, he's kind of fucking hot stuff in, uh, in India, I gather. Yeah, yeah, he's a bit of top of the walk, I mean, obviously top of the walk enough to have your own fucking production company. I guess so, My God. yeah. Yeah. You got that much money to fucking splurge around. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, this was an interesting one. Mm. what do you think of it? It. I, yeah, I, I did like it a lot. It's, um, it's older and mm. that has some effects on things more technically than structurally. I think it's a very, it's just a good, it's the family film that PK wanted to be. Yeah. And obviously it's, it's kind of, it's very interesting at how it kind of touches on like colonialism and stuff. I, I thought yeah. that was a... And it's, um, and you know, it does some bits where it's kind of deconstructing one or two things. It's deconstructing. Maybe it's just the one thing I'm thinking of. <laughs> it has at least one plot point <laughs> where it deconstructs <laughs> a bit of like cultural issue type things. Uh, and it didn't feel anywhere near as fucking forced and nasty Heavy as it did handed. in PK. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, no shit. I, I had a really good time with it. I, I think it felt well i have written here it felt like the first proper bollywood film that we've seen yeah um, yeah where i think you know technically pk fits in that slot but all the musical bits seemed like afterthoughts mm. with that film. they didn't seem as strong or as uh well thought out as all the musical uh elements in this film seem yeah this this they really it was very musical forward. It wasn't mm. shy to have this musical bit. About, yeah, definitely uh, lending it 
uh, swim in all of its, you know, musical goodness. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you also got all these, um, these cast of characters that are very colourful and interesting and just a fucking delight. Every single one mm. of these, like, characters was raised, sharpened to a razor's edge. Yeah. In this particular like- character that they wanted to fit. And they all had the little archetypes, which were kind of really fun. Um, mm. So, that, yeah, it... Fuck, it all came together really well. Um, mm. I love the musical bits. Because I remember when we saw the original, like, kind of outlook for this film, it had, when, and I saw cricket and musical, I went, fuck yes. And then I thought that just from a, from a purely what the genres are, that you would hate it. Mm. But you've um, actually ended up enjoying it. Yeah, I mean, hey, I'm not a heartless bitch. I, uh, <laughs> I, well, I mean, I, like, I thought you just didn't like cricket as a, a sport. <laughs> Which is completely acceptable, by the way. I think a lot of people that say, like, cricket is boring and everything, completely acceptable. I understand why you think it's boring, but I love it. (laughs) (laughs) I have this this thing with sport. Sport, in general, is so passive that I actually have a hard time, kind of preference-wise, separating cricket from some other sport. So, both both of them, to me, are extremely enjoyable as... Something that's going on while you're doing something else. Mm, mm. You wouldn't sit down and exclusively watch a game no, of cricket. But or if you're like, like we're that. at the pub to hang out and there's a game on, I'm like, cool, I'll fucking watch this. I don't know what the fuck's going on, but mm. I mean, I understand the rules, but, yeah, you know, yeah. for example. So anyway, uh, we're getting a little bit lost here. No, mm. I, I, and I, I think they present the cricket in a pretty entertaining way. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. We ha- I have a couple of. <laughs> Related questions. (laughs) That's okay. Uh, I will field your questions. (laughs) Which we will. Oh, yeah. I like that one. You will field them. That's pretty good. Um, But uh, I, you know, I think most of it is is literally just presented well enough that probably your average person could understand it. I mean, the characters. They do a lot of exposition to be like, this is what is happening. (laughs) That like, I could probably recommend this film to someone who doesn't understand cricket at all like they've never watched a game of cricket or had any prior um exposure to cricket and they would be able to understand it because the characters do so much of that like this is what is happening now (laughs) which like it does it feels a little bit heavy-handed but i don't mind it because i'm like this helps people who don't understand cricket understand what's going on so i'm cool Mm. with that is there a rule a rule like a term for kind of the style of like introducing a concept through a character that doesn't understand it. Cause it's, it's obviously like the, the character having amnesia is the kind of biggest example of that. And when mm. it's amnesia, it's been done to death. It's a bit of a fucking cop out. Yeah. Um, but, but so, so it's like, you know, you look down on it because it's this, um, cliche. Yeah. Yeah. It's been done so done, many it's times. It's been done so a million times cliche. and it's, it's yeah. very, it's very, very basic. But this was a really good way to do functionally the same thing. You're, you know, you just got these characters that don't know the rules of cricket and that lets you explain the rules of cricket in an in-universe way that is basically exposition, yeah. but mm. is totally possible. I, I didn't have any issues with that. I thought that was fine. Mm. I think mm. I think it very much worked. Um, and it lets you play into some other bits where it's just like, oh yeah, this is this is how you do this, and then it's like you go, f- you show the characters kind of improving through knowing that knowledge and stuff. It's a good framework for yeah for being able to explain something 
while doing it in a way that actually makes sense within the confines of the film. Mm. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. I, yeah, I think across the board, as I said, as you said, the, the actual portrayal of cricket is really good. Um, I thought that all the cricket stuff, I was like as engaged as I would be watching like uh, an Ashes test match or something Ooh. like that. Wow. It was, it was for me, I was like on the edge of my seat for like a lot of the, uh, the actual, um, when it gets to the proper cricket stuff. Uh, I thought they really built up a lot of the tension and everything there um, really, really well. And it's just such a spectacle. It's so cool. Mm. But, you know, obviously I have a prior love for cricket. So it's, you know, <laughs> You're it probably, yeah, yeah, I'm a little bit biased towards it. So as a, as a non-cricket person, I can vouch for the kind of the sports part of this film being very mm. good, the, mm. which is basically the last half of the film. Yeah. 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 I thought that was all no major issues with that. I found yep. that really, really fun. And then the actual musical sections, I thought uh, I'm a, you know, I'm an aspiring musical theatre actor, dancer and singer. So again, I do have a little bit of experience with that. And uh, the choreography across the board was actually really solid. I was Mm. very blown back by how good the choreography was. Uh, Because it's one thing to choreograph for a live setting, but it's a completely different thing choreographing for camera. And the choreography for camera is yeah exquisite uh they had they had in the opening credits they credit the choreographers and there's like five separate choreographers that they had and i was one of the first wrote uh notes that i wrote down i was like choreographer credits okay let's go (laughs) yeah all right um but yeah they um across the board yeah fantastic and uh, singing was pretty good. Obviously, post production added, which kind of makes me grr. But um, yeah, is uh, it is it the kind of I, I is it the kind of the were they recording the vocals for those scenes separately and then dubbing them in? Yes. Or, yeah. Or, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it uh, it's was, something that I think happens a lot in. It was ADR. Yeah, yeah. It happened. It happened in PK as well. I remember that. Yeah. 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 Because there was there was a couple of scenes where you're like, this is background music, and then you see the actors lips moving you're like oh mm. okay this is They're supposed to be it. them yeah even though the audio sounds completely fucking different it's okay. diegetic yeah which uh i mean fuck la la land does it like they do la la land has adr the only film that i can think of that doesn't have adr is les miserables um right the the les miserables with hugh jackman russell crowe uh, all that jazz tom hooper the director decided that he would record the vocals live in order to try and keep the genuine raw emotion that was being portrayed uh, on screen and try and correlate the two together. So he wasn't yeah. he wasn't fussed whether it sounded perfectly on pitch and, you know, like everything was incredibly neat and perfect like <laughs> it would be in a studio setting. He wanted that raw emotion and raw uh, level of, yeah, just what the actors were doing on set. Which I think is great, which is why I, I personally enjoy that Les Miserables movie a lot, because it keeps that raw emotion alive, and it keeps it connected with what you're viewing visually. Uh, the only, yeah, gripe I have with Lagan is that it sometimes feels a bit disconnected when the, you know, the music kicks in, the vocals kick in, and it's, yeah, it sounds so disconnected from just how they normally speak. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it, it completely, I, I think it only takes you out of it for a second. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get used to it throughout, like, once the song k- 
kicks up a little bit, you yeah, yeah, you go you go along fine. It's a very, very minor gripe. Um just mm. a personal gripe as well, anyway. But I also I'm not a biggest fan of I know it's something that is done in Bollywood music, but the girls like going into some like really high falsetto kind of pitch like they really fucking shoot their voice like <laughs> way up high to like a nasally kind of sound i'm not the biggest fan of that sound but i know that that's just what uh bollywood music like a cultural is. thing yeah yeah it's just yeah. kind of the done thing it's just how they uh how the women sing i suppose for a lot of their uh their music and i mean fuck i'm not gonna fuck with tradition so that's just a <laughs> Again, a entirely subjective thing, but uh, yeah, wasn't the biggest fan of that. Like Gowrie, uh, her vocals were kind of a bit meh for me. But yeah, across the board, fucking love this movie. Yeah, yeah. So you recommend it then? Absolutely. To if you have average three, viewer, if you say, uh, you need to have three hours and forty-one minutes to spare. I will say that <laughs> you need to have three hours and forty-one minutes to spare to completely watch this movie. So if you have that much time to spare, definitely go check this out. Uh, this film could probably easily be watched in installments. I've already recommended it to my parents and I said just watch it in like little hour snippets. It does have some kind of nice beats where you can just step away from it for a little bit. Uh, so, yeah. It had an intermission, didn't it? Kind of, yeah. Mm. Or, am I, or, or am I thinking of... Um, like, did they actually acknowledge an intermission? Is that what yeah, you Yeah, I think it's either this one or... Um, uh, What's the last Indian film we watched? Gangs of Wasi Perth. Gangs might have had an intermission. One of those two films. And this is not good content. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, just you inwardly going in there. Oh, this is not good content. <laughs> uh, no, I had a I had a really, really good time with this as well. Um good. it's it's it strikes me as the kind of film where it's like this is totally like the film you put in front of a bunch of like primary schoolers while you're at like a dinner party except of course most of them probably can't read (laughs) the (laughs) subtitles quick enough yeah for that but it's um yeah excellent kind of family style film yeah it's a good feel good movie Mm. yeah exactly um so i had a a really good time with it yeah Mm. um no no problems with the sports stuff not that i really have a problem but i didn't find it boring Mm. and they kind of used it instead of just going this is the entertainment in and of itself they use as a springboard to have some little um kind of emotional moments or dramatic moments so yeah totally uh, yeah yeah it was all really good very good well let's bloody kick on over to the spoilers kick on spoiler time this guy moaned at least this loud oh <laughs> okay kick on <laughs> kick ons yeah yeah kick ons i love it yeah, over to my place for kick-ons. Hell yeah, let's go. <laughs> I think the thing that hit me, like the, the kind of, kind of took me back. Uh, what what's what's the word? Took me aback. Is that how? Taken aback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, was um, the use of not just full English like speech, but like very obvious British actors. Yeah. The what was it? PK had some English in it. Mm. Like people who are implied to be of European of some description, mm. but it was clearly an Indian dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, speaking English, uh, this was like, yeah, no, like 
they just good, cast fucking British people and got a them good in. decent chunk of the cast are full on British people with full on British accents, and mm. it was really really weird. Uh, not a problem, you know, totally totally fine. Mm. Um, but uh, very very interesting. They even go as far as to have um, some English bits in uh, the musical scene with Elizabeth, which was like, huh. That I, that song is the weakest song in the whole film for me. The, yeah. The, the uh, Array Chori is the weakest song in the whole fucking shebang for me. It It's so senseless, lovey-dovey, fucking... We already know that Elizabeth isn't going to get Bufan, <laughs> so what's the fucking point? Like, just let it go, uh, woman. Oh, and this is this is a problem that fucking PK had. I'm wondering if it's an Amir Khan thing. It's so weird. But they have that relationship, and he they did the same thing then. It's like, obviously these two are going to end up together. This drama is completely unconvincing. Irrelevant. Why is yeah. it here? Yeah. It, it it serves nothing. It serves nothing. This movie portrays it. itself as a romance film as well. Like it's listed as a in the romance <laughs> genre. And I no, no it's not. No, it's really not. <laughs> not not when we've seen films like Before Sunset and In the Mood for Love. This is not a romance film. <laughs> it's as much of a romance film as Monsters Inc is. <laughs> <laughs> Like, there is a a romance element in it. Yeah. But it is so far from, like, front of, like, the image. It's not that- relevant. Like, it's not... It doesn't... Yeah. The, the whole Elizabeth arc thing doesn't add anything. I would have much preferred no. her to just be, like, the the helping hand of, like, yeah, this is how you play cricket. And then... And it was kind of cute how she's like, oh, I'm, like, kind of learning their culture and stuff. And... Mm. That was all really nice and felt good. It gives and felt the like- it gives the Brits a little bit more humanity as well, which is nice because yeah. I was I was very afraid that they were just going to go Brits are the bad guys. Mm, ah, <laughs> Captain Russell's a fuckhead. Yeah, they're all fuckheads. which is fine. You know, I have zero which issues fair. with with straight up going like, hey, this fucking East India colonialism shit is really bad. It's a bit fucked up. Yeah, totally. But- but, but I'm imagining if they made her more of just, like, a really close friend character, she could be, like, instead of being a mopey fuckhead at the end of the film and just being, like, oh, and then just, like, oh, she never married because her heart belonged to, um, fucking, what's this, Bouvan. I'm, like, just have her be, like, oh, I'll never forget you. Oh, goodbye, blah, blah, blah. It would have been so much better. Yeah. I, I Anyway, but... This adding, yeah, having those like full on English characters was very cool. It let <laughs> it let them do some really funny shit. Yeah. With um, uh, I just love every fucking like every second sentence. Someone either says bloody, jolly, <laughs> or damn. Yeah. And <laughs> uh, I almost had uh, he's done it by George as the um. As the, the little insert line. for our intro, <laughs> except it was probably a bit too general of a term to put in there. Um, but yeah, the, the, this this like old old like British dude, like Colonel guy, sitting in his like little chair, like watching the cricket, like oh he's done it by George. Yeah, <laughs> um, I I I loved that, and it kind of it's I mean you know it's just uh, it doesn't mean you're it doesn't take you out of it. Yeah, well, the Brits give a level of relativity to, like, a Western culture, I think, which is uh, why this movie was pushed so widely in, like, an international market, because mm. it had that... We we talked about this a couple of weeks ago in Gangs of Wasi Per. It um, 
having that level of relativity of I, I, I hate saying it but I can't find another way to say it white faces <laughs> is like a way of for the audience to go okay like I can kind of get what's going down here and then you you go amongst the the foreign part this is bad cut this out <laughs> it's like this is like the help effect <laughs> it is totally it's like just chuck some white people in there and then the white people will understand it exactly um <sighs> I, I think um, But do you get what I mean though? Is it like I understand, yeah Do I sound like a fuckhead? Um, we know. always sound like fuckheads it's That's our, true uh, that's, that's a part of the 250 Greatest export at mm-hmm. the 250 <laughs> uh, Fuckheadery um, I think that being said The film um, is really good with Because it's like this kind of Jovial family film mm. They can totally hyper-characterise All true. these people Yeah which is, which is, you know That's what the, the root of our issues with um kind of basically literally just telling people apart in gangs of what mm. was that everyone's kind of more or less wearing the same clothes everyone has like a mustache and a similar haircut <laughs> yeah um so so that like made it harder there's like no character defining features yeah that's true i was yeah i was able to define everyone much more easily yeah there was film. there was no issues with it at because all. and but also Probably due to the fact of I knew what part they all had on the cricket team. <laughs> so, like, I knew that, like, okay, he's the spinner. This is, like, your speed bowler. Here's your all-rounder. Lead batsman's Bouvan. You know, like, I was I, I was remembering all of the characters through that as the film you went on. nerd. <laughs> Uh, um, I... Because you've got all these characters and the kind of first half of this film, once... Once you get past that first bit, that introduction of the concept of they need to win this cricket game to stop themselves from being taxed into starvation. Um, He's kind of building this team and it lets them do these just little fun things where it's like, oh, you know, this guy owns chickens and him being able to like catch the unpredictable chickens means that he's amazing at catching a, you know, a a weird stray ball. I I love that. I loved the introduction of like all of the... the characters into the team you probably wouldn't have picked up on it because you don't know too much about cricket this sounds very gatekeepy already but um <laughs> the uh katra the the untouchable when yep. when he first uh Bouvant's like toss the ball back to me and then he picks it up and he tosses it and it spins i was immediately like what spin bowler here he is <laughs> i knew he was coming because i was That's like so i kept on being like you need 11 people where the fuck are they gonna find like all of these goddamn people and yeah. um yeah it's just kind of nice seeing like the whole team come together the only bit that i was like it totally feels like a, an addendum at the bottom of the script of like oh yeah this guy's here now is a uh, diva the the dude who just comes in while they're training fucking bowls a fat one at bouvard and takes oh, yeah. out the middle stump and then they're like who the fuck are you <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, oh yeah, I, hello, I am good at cricket. Yeah, and, like, I am I am the good I mean, man at cricket and I'm from like the village across. I understand cricket. I have cricket. zero introduction. Hello. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm very good at cricket. I was immediately like, he's the all-rounder. <laughs> that was, they probably should have um, framed that better. I feel like you could have brought him in. Remember when all of the villagers ride into town to yeah. come and beat the shit out of Bouvan? Yeah. You totally could have introduced him there. That is exactly what I was thinking. You totally could have um, had him, even as just like an aside, being like, you know, 
oh, maybe he does have a point, you know, like that kind of yeah. vibe. I don't know. It would have been. He's the kind nicer. of character where he seems very sure of himself and is not really like defining himself by you know all these opinions he can kind of he feels like he can see the bigger picture so him yeah. like coming out during this and saying like i'll support you like would mm. have been kind of nice mm. Um, mm. and but, then having that know. reinforced in that scene where he you know seemingly comes out of nowhere but we we can be as an audience we can be like oh yeah he was in that crowd scene like yeah mm. that would have been better mm. oh but um, i did really like that with um with katra the katra um, the untouchable yeah the untouchable that's the <laughs> that's the little social element that i uh, was mentioning i was like what the when that first came in i was like uh when bouvand is like you know he's like oh so you know you bowl uh car truck a bowl you're at the bat you're at the wicket keeper all right let's do it and they're all standing around looking at him i was like even i was like what the fuck's the problem like why why is everyone suddenly being so antsy and then yeah. they're all like "Ooh, he's disabled Ooh, is that is that legitimately? Was that actually uh, a cultural thing? I think that's a. I think that's still a big cultural thing. Wow. I believe. Um, don't. <laughs> yeah. No. I'm don't not. I'm going ta- to take but, your words with a pinch of salt. But like. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Just that. That seems so surreal to me. Because. Um, poor Katra. Poor guy. Yeah. No. I think it's still. I think it's still a thing. Oh. Dalits. But, um, hey. So, cause, 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 it's cause of the whole Indian caste system thing, and they're just yeah. like at the bottom caste. Well, um, hey, any quote unquote untouchables out there? You're okay, all right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Look, I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, apparently, it has been outlawed, but not legally defined. <laughs> oh my god. Um, wow. So, I don't know. All right. Well, yeah, I liked him as a character. Uh, again, uh, the whole team. The actual uh, Indian cricket team fucking rocks. I think they're great. And just mm. the introductions of all those characters, you know, and how, yeah, all of their little traits can be applied to cricket is really cool. They are they are characters in the purest sense of the word, you yeah, know. Yeah. They, they all have something very, well, most of them have something very clear and defining about them. Yeah. My uh, favourite well, I- was Guran, who I wrote down as uh, the Indian Lawrence Fishburne. Who's, wait, which one's Garan? The fortune teller with the big bushy oh, the fortune beard. teller. Yes, no, he is 100% the best character in the entire film. He's fucking incredible. And he just, he, I, first time I saw him, I was like, Lawrence Fishburne? Because <laughs> 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 he's got a Lawrence Fishburne face. You like shave the beard off and there it is. He's Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, yeah, uh, they, they let themselves have a little bit of drama with Laka, I think his name is. Yeah, Laka, Laka. yeah. Um, who is, uh, you know, this guy who, um... Pining he, for Gowrie. Yeah. Which, once again, God, the fucking relationship stuff is yeah. so dumb. Romance! No, it's not! <laughs> I, hated, I hated that. It was... Oh, gosh. Because I was originally... I was about to write down, I was like, what the fuck is Lakar's motivation? Like, what is his motivation for dicking over the team and dicking over Bouvan? I didn't understand it. And then yeah. they have that bit where Bouvan confronts him in the temple and then Lakar finally spills the beans and he's like, oh, it's because you got Gowry, so I'm fucking... I'm going to fuck over the whole village because I can't get some pussy. Jesus, man. <laughs> What's going on? It, re- it really do be like that. He, he, <laughs> he does do the whole, like, oh, like, why won't you come with me, like, two, maybe two or three times earlier in the film, but it's all very small and I can see... Yeah, Especially with yeah, a film yeah, yeah. in its length, mm. I can see how you could... 
either miss it or forget. No, totally. Uh, like when when he said that, I then immediately recollected the bit at like it's at the very beginning of the film too, where Lakar is like hitting on Gowry like really creepily, mm. where he's got that cut mm. on his hand or whatever. Yeah. 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 Um, um, I just. Uh, Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, uh, I wrote a note down that the cricket game only begins about two hours into the film. <laughs> I feel it's, like that seemed fine. Yeah, I was cool with that. I, I like the build up to the cricket and the training montage and everything. I thought it was fucking fantastic. Um, I was waiting for that. Uh, you you will probably uh, I don't know. This is this is slightly embarrassing, but the only other sports film that I've seen yeah. is Have you watched uh, Bench Warmers? Uh, hang on. It is who? Who's the um, bench warmers? It's uh, I I don't think it's a Sandler film, but it's a. I was gonna say it sounds like a Sandler film. It's that type of vibe. Oh, it's it's a Schneider film. Oh, it's fucking Chris Klein. It's no, sorry, David Spade. David Spade. David Spade. Rob Schneider. Rob and John Schneider. Hader. Yeah. It's so. <laughs> Wow, bad. what a dog shit movie! Yeah, um, yeah. Anyway, I, I watched that one a lot as a as a kid, and that is right. Um, okay, uh, that's like where my your brain goes to whenever someone my brain went because it's got more or less the same thing because they like build up to like building a team and yeah, overcoming yeah. these like initial issues, and then and then you have your your actual game is like your last half of the film yeah and you can you can get enough drama off of that that it totally feels completely natural and this had the same thing well that tends to be yeah. the whole sports film um flow is mm. that yeah you have the build up of the team the team playing the game the team winning the game and yeah. but I thought that Lagan it actually as I said previously in the podcast I was on the fucking edge of my seat for like a lot of the actual cricket game like Mm. I thought there was a hell of a lot of tension. And I mean, like, I think this a lot about movies. Like, how do you convince an audience that there is going to be a circumstance where they don't actually make it? And how do you keep that alive in the audience's brain to create that level of tension? So that that your brain just doesn't go, oh, well, they're going to fucking win anyway. So what's the point? Like, I'm not even stressed because they're going to win. So how do you build that level of tension? And I think throughout the rest of the film and throughout the period of, like, the actual cricket game, there's a lot of shit that, like, it goes wrong. And, you know, people get injured and there's a lot of things that don't go in the Indian side's favour. So therefore that builds something up in your head to be like, it has that, just this tiny little sliver of doubt. That's enough mm. to build into like, oh fuck, what if they don't make it? Oh my god, like you know, they need six more runs off of one ball. Ah fuck, like you know, it <laughs> it really builds out because I've I mean I've watched enough cricket to have had those circumstances where like uh, a team needs something like you know twelve ball uh, twelve runs off of like four balls or something like that to win the whole game. That shit's intense. That is like mm. bite your nails kind of worthy shit. And yeah, yeah. yeah, I just I just thought that this film did a really good job of building up that tension throughout the cricket game. It totally worked. It totally worked. And I... Then the big uh, fucking double whammy with, you know, him catching the ball and going, yes, and then pens down to his feet and he crossed the boundary. <laughs> yeah, that was, su- that, was, that was really good. 
Um, because I... it has that your your heart drops like it plummets for mm. like three seconds, and then your brain is starting to scramble as to like, what if it's wrong? What if it's wrong? How could it be wrong? And then you know it shows you how it's wrong. I guess as we're in cricket talk, um, mm. I, I okay. Do you have any questions? Of, yeah, hit me with some questions. I had a couple of questions. Go for it. Number one, doesn't cricket have a blood rule? Yeah. So okay. So this is something that I picked out was that okay. So it's set in the eighteen nineties, right? Yeah, there were a lot less rules about how to play cricket back in the 1890s. So, yeah. at, they even touch on it, like when Goalie, who's the slingshot dude, you know, he like spins yeah. his arm like crazy, the spinny arm guy, and then suddenly releases. Like he could, he could technically release, he could bowl at any point in time. So the batsman is constantly going like, oh, "Fuck, is he going to bowl? When is he going to go?" But that of course, is now illegal because they wrote rules that you can only do one swing of your arm, one full rotation of your arm in order to throw the ball. Oh, wait. <laughs> doesn't it, doesn't the umpire say that? There's like, we can make that a rule, but only after this game correct, or something? Correct, correct. <laughs> exactly. That's so good. Um, and then, I mean, obviously, the uh, the only other thing that I can think of that's kind of similar to that was the um, the underarm bowling incident of 1981. Mm. So, this is a little bit of cricket history for you, fellas, ladies and gentlemen. I'll take it, I'll take it. Um, It took place back in, like, I think it was February of 1981. It was Aussie playing New Zealand, and it was a one-day ODI, so one-day international cricket match, right? Right. So, it was the third of five matches, and it was at the MCG. They had one ball of the over remaining, and New Zealand needed a six to tie the match, right? So, he had to hit a, a boundary. And then... The Australian captain, Greg Chappell, in order to ensure that they didn't get the runs that they needed, he fucking sprints up to the crease, he stops and lawn bowls the ball. So he just does it underarm and it just rolls along the ground to the to the batsman and he just kind of fucking taps it away and like starts going like, oh, oh. what the fuck? Like, he, he purposefully sabotaged the game mm. because there was no rule saying that you could that you weren't allowed to underarm bowl so he just lawn bowls the shit at the guy and they win that's fucked australia no- australia has never quite been able to recover from that incident by the way especially greg chapel um you know i can see why cuz they were tied they were tied 1 to 1 new zealand won the first match aussie won the second and then yeah it was the end of the third match and uh it was um uh fucking bruce edgar um the new zealand fellow he was on 102 not out and yeah, just Greg Chapel just tosses him this underarm, and it's like considered to be like one of the most disgusting things ever done in sport, because like it is the least sportsmanship thing that you could possibly do. That's that's at that point you'd be like, it's better for us to lose honorably than exactly do this thing that's gonna fucking tar our fucking the entire uh, country's reputation as like yeah. a cricket team. Like, and I mean, obviously there's the sandpaper gate thing. That's another good. Um, uh, was that us as well? Yeah, that was the Aussies. Um, that Good was, uh, shit. That was uh, Ashes, very briefly. It was uh, Ashes, very recently, actually. Um, Steve Smith's captaincy. Um, one of the fellas uh, wiped a bit of sandpaper on the ball and tampered with the ball. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, that was caught on camera. And then they uh, put the whole game pretty much on kibosh while they had to sort out that incident and figure out what to do with the team and uh, everything because they pretty much all conspired uh, to to make that happen. So, 
Uh, Fucking hell. Yeah, that was a that was another big one. So if you're interested in that, go look it up. But in answer to your question was, uh, you know, is there a blood rule? There is now. Notice that in modern day cricket, we all have helmets on now. Good point. That's because, you know, we're people for when it's not, you can never, uh, I mean, it's pretty obvious when someone's bowling high, like they bowl short and therefore when the ball is bowled short, it will bounce higher. So it'll bounce to their head level. Right, I see. But yeah, okay. uh, nine times out of 10, it's never intentional these days. Like if it were intentional, it would be pretty fucking bleeding obvious. Um, yeah. And, you know, the the bowler will often come over and just, you know, double check on the batsman and be like, fuck, you all right, mate? Like, that was a hard one. And then, yeah. you know, just leave them be and let the, the medic come over and sort them out and everything. So uh, there is definitely a blood rule now, but in the 1890s, <laughs> there definitely wasn't. Because it's like, that's his, that's, he does it to like three or four people. Yep. <laughs> he just like... Just get, just take this guy out. Just whip him Watson. in the fucking head, yep. or like break his fucking leg. I'm yep. like, uh, uh, okay. And, and the Indian team didn't wear shoes, so that yep. was another. You know, that was why their feet got fucked up so quickly was because they weren't wearing shoes. But uh, obviously, in a normal game of cricket, everyone would be wearing shoes. But they were villagers, so you know they. Or yeah. I guess they trained barefoot and everything, so they were happier being barefoot. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there was the whole bit with. Um, the thing that they should have explained, or I felt they should have explained, mm. maybe, maybe I'm overthinking this, but the, um, the shtick with the spin bowl, I thought, because he's like, oh, it's spi- like it's spinning now, that's interesting. I thought that was because he wasn't bouncing it before, but it's because after reading about it, it's because they play with a new ball. Correct. And new balls don't spin as well. Yeah. Um, which is like, you know, I mean... My anecdotal evidence is that I didn't pick that at all. I was, yeah, I thought it was something completely different. That 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 bit, and I yeah, obviously I picked that up. But the the other bit that they didn't explain was um, LBW. Uh, someone goes out on mm. an LBW. I forget who it is. I didn't write it down. Um, but it's towards the end of their batting order, and someone goes out on an LBW, which is leg before wicket. So it's when the bowler uh, bowls the ball, and it's in line with the uh, the stumps. But uh, their leg pad hits it while it's like covering the stumps, basically. Yeah. So yep. yeah, LBW leg before wicket, i.e., you're out. Um, yep. and they didn't explain that like at all. They're just like he's out, and I'm like, <laughs> what? Because <laughs> that's the kind of thing where uh, it would probably be a little cheesy, but you could totally just have someone in the audience, um, go like, oh, what happened there? Have and the have the commentator fella even be like, yeah, yeah. oh, he's been fucking done in for an LBW. You know. Yeah. yeah the, um, so, uh, yeah, Raja I mean, Paran Singh, I think that's the, the dude's yeah, name. I was... I Oh, no, Raja is... Um, Raja is a title. Uh, it, but the guy's name starts with an R. Um, oh. It was the guy who was like a servant. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Yeah, and had the loudspeaker. Mm. Oh, no. I mean, you could have been talking about the Raja, actually. I'm getting mixed up. Um... <laughs> Anyway, it was it was pretty it was pretty easy to get my head around the whole time. Good. The 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 final like cricket note I had was why the fuck did they have like I, I don't I don't know what the actual you, you sent me a fucking chart of um of fielding positions and yeah. I didn't look at it. But um okay, well these are all these are all like go on ask a question. Particular. Uh they have a guy who is fielding like I'm going to say the outfield 
I don't know if that's a cricket term. I think it's a baseball term. Yeah, that, but that's a baseball guy who's term, like way out. Yeah, they put a goal goalie in that, and he fumbles like five catches or something. And I'm like, put someone better there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this keeps yeah. happening. Yeah, yeah. Normally, if yeah, if someone fucks up a in a normal game of cricket, if someone fucks up a fielding position, they'll rotate that person off of the position and put someone else out there, just as like a rule of like, you know, you might have blown that, so. They'll wait until the over's finished and then they'll, yeah, rotate the fielding uh, just to, you know, get them out in a different spot and, you know, just change the scenery. Because in, mm. in a test match, you're normally standing out there for about six or seven hours just watching this guy fucking bowl dots for about three hours of that time and maybe yeah. the ball comes your way. So right. it's, yeah, um, you can get a little bit polarised sometimes by just watching dot after dot after dot of the bowler going 160 k's an hour at the stumps and the batsman just going, mm, nothing, no thank you, <laughs> not having it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't know, maybe that's maybe that's why Coley, uh, Goalie flubs as many as he does is because he's just so fucking tired out there. <laughs> Potentially. I think I think they play on it throughout the whole film where he's just like not a very good fielder. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, which... Oh, no, because he was the bowler, of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, mm. eh. I, I, What did you think about um, the visuals and, like, the cinematography? Across the board, pretty good. I thought all the cinematography and the musical sequences was very good. Uh, the actual right. portrayal of the... Yeah, all of the musical stuff was fantastic. The first song is a fucking slap. I did not expect the first song to slap as hard as it did, but like... Yeah, it is really good. The percussion in that song is so good. Like the drums and everything, so, so good. Um, and it starts off with uh, uh, Baghar, Baghar's drums. He's the mute drummer fella. Um, yes. And I think he plays in just about, you know, diegetically, he plays in all of the songs. Um, and uh, there's a pretty heavy percussion element to, I think, just about all the songs, having said that. Uh, but yeah, cinematography wise across the musical sections, very good, but nothing really to write home about in the rest of the sections mm. for me. I thought, um, obviously it's just the standard, it's, just, uh, it's potentially the same issue that we had with, um, uh, before sunset where it was, it kind of just felt like just bad equipment or just like, mm. just, uh, it seems to be a theme with like these older Early two thousands, where, yeah, where everything's a little washed out. Well, it's almost like it's not- a transition in uh, almost errors, isn't it? It's a transition from this old school style of filming into a newer technology of filming, mm. and I think, yeah, maybe there was a little bit of mistranslation along the way, perhaps. I I did pick out that um, uh, in a lot of the night scenes, I thought that the lighting kind of sucked. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was all clearly like what I guess they're not called stage lights, what would you call them? But just, just like set lights. Like set lights, like very harsh white mm, set lights mm. lighting everyone up and you end up with these really strong shadows in a way that's like not really playing into what the film is trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um so like like, you know, put some flickering orange situation mm, on there. Make a mm, fire or something. Yeah, lighting design um, across the board was kind of meh. I mean, there's the uh, the fucking love song section with the the veil and they're doing that in the sunset. That was a nice shot. Yeah. Um, that was cute. 
uh, and the whole cricket game, I think, was actually filmed very, very well. Would have been very easy to get the audience lost amongst all of that because it is, you know, there's a fair bit going on. But it was Mm. pretty easy to digest and actually figure out what was going on. So, for me, anyway. Um, I I actually picked out at the start of the cricket thing, the scene, where everyone's, like, walking out onto the pitch. Um, What is it? The the oval? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The pitch crease. Um, They they are... um, The way it's shot... It's shot from a high-ish angle and kind of statically, it almost looks like a historical recording of a cricket game. Yeah, yeah. Like an actual sports game. It's, there was something very, very cute about that. Mm. I wonder if it was intentional. I'm not sure if it was. Um, well, they do that a lot in like, you know, if you watch an Aussie cricket game, they have what's called the spider cam, which is this yes. uh, camera that, you know, goes like all around the oval and everything. And it normally... Uh, if someone goes out or something, it'll track the you know the batsman as they walk off and uh, mm. you know swoop in and fly around and yeah do all that cool stuff. Um, uh, but yeah, you know, uh, actually, you mentioned the audience. I I was kind of amazed by how many fucking so extras there were. Many extras. <laughs> Every scene, <sighs> like the scenes they kept having in the um in the village, is like holy shit. That's a lot of people. It's, uh, fucking hell. Battle of Algiers level of uh, yeah. people. Like fuck. What a nightmare to to organize that amount of people and be like, okay, we're all cheering now. Like, all right, che- stop cheering che- now. Che- it's sad time. <laughs> um, and there were some. I think the the sets were nice. Yeah. The little the little tower that they have at the village, the little shrine is cute. Yeah, the village and is cute. The, the castle, the cant- canton- cantonment, mm, cantonment. Um, that's gotta that's gotta be a historical building. Surely, surely. yeah. It was so pretty. Mm. Um, uh, there's some other bits where it's a bit bland. They they do end up spending a lot of time just out in the bush. <laughs> you know, out in the yeah, out in the middle of nowhere, yeah. just not you know, so. It would be nice to mix it up a little bit, but, you know, there's also, yeah, at, at some <laughs> just, point you got to kind of limit Just it. saying out in the bush, it made me think of the um, uh, the section where it's towards the beginning of the film and they're trying to understand how to play cricket and they're all kind of squatting in the bushes and, mm. uh, you know, the umpy points to the sky for, you know, you're out and um, they all look up and they're like, what's up there? <laughs> Oh yeah, yes. Uh, I, I don't think I, brought, I think I brought that up, but that was like the bit of comedy that I didn't enjoy. Ah, oh, <laughs> okay, very, right. Very PK style. Sure. Um, yeah. Like they just don't understand this culture, so the the bit is that they don't get it, mm. and I'm like, it's not funny. Right. They okay. did it. They did it earlier when there's the four of them just watching the cricket, the the cricket game between all the British mm. uh, yeah. people, and I was like, it's. I get it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I get yeah, it. I, they I don't understand. get it. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, I guess it is but, a bit demeaning. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. But the rest of the comedy was all really good. Mm, mm. Um, so I had no distinct issues with that. Mm. I did uh, think so. that possibly Elizabeth could be a bit white saviory, Maybe. Yeah. Like there is. But, mm, but also, it's it's, not, you it also, <laughs> it genuinely seems like she's trying to do like just a good thing. And there is a level of actual reasoning for her wanting to you know like pitch in and help out like she's just a it's very a good it's person. very much like um uh may, maybe maybe that's a touch they've done so it's they're not demonizing all the white people in the films mm. to try and appeal to a 
Western audience more maybe. Mm. But I, I didn't have a massive issue with it given that it's a film full of Indian people produced by Indian people yeah. and directed by Indian people. Mm. I'm like, if you think that's okay, then... then that's cool by sure. me, baby boy. Yeah, yeah. then then don't let me stop you. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, whatever. It was fine. Mm. It, I, I think you... I think you're potentially onto something and if you if this was written and directed by white people i'd be like eh. but for for this kind of thing you're like okay yeah yep, yep. sure okay. <laughs> mm. <laughs> mm. yep okay cool uh so talking about yeah okay cool uh <laughs> do you have any trivia for us <laughs> i do have some trivia for you Jonathan. <laughs> the movie lagan had the biggest number of british actors ever to be cast in a single movie in the history of indian cinema yeah, okay, fair enough. So, there you go. <laughs> I believe that. Yep. Uh, yeah, and across the board, they're all great. I love them. Uh, Paul Blackthorne, who plays Captain Russell, spent six months learning Hindi for the role in the movie. Far out. So, yeah, he's... he's. Um, I mean, shit, I don't actually know the language, but it, didn't, it, it seemed like they had a pretty good grasp on yeah. the language when they were speaking. Absolutely, it. yeah, and just... Being able to fluidly go back and forth from Hindi to English, I think, was mm. uh, very important um, for those characters. Paul Blackthorne uh, also plays a character in Arrow. Um, oh, and he's a like a regular character in Arrow. Wow! So Weird. that was I. I was like, when I first started watching, I was like, I know this guy's face. I don't know why I know his face, but then I looked it up, and yeah, I was like, oh, Arrow, that's nice. Scottish actor Gerard Butler had also auditioned for the role of Captain Astro- uh, Andrew Russell. That would have been interesting. I would have liked Fucking that. Fucking... Crack it! <laughs> I, I really, really liked Captain Russell's casting. Yeah, same. He has a very, a very defi- like, defined face, I guess. Very defined features. Mm, mm. And his whole, you know, aura is just very mm. uh, pompous. Wanker. Yeah, mm. <laughs> India's official entry was uh, Lagan into the Academy Awards in the category of Best Foreign Language Film. The film became the third Indian film to be nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. How did, how did it go with other awards? Other award know? ceremonies? I believe it won... Uh, I, I think it did win an award, but I can't remember... Oh, yeah, here we go. Uh, the film won a number of national awards, including eight national film awards, nine filmfare awards, nine screen awards, and ten IIFA awards. So, Hoy. And apart from those major awards, it also won awards at either national and international ceremonies. So, did well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but didn't win the Oscar. So, mm, boo-hoo. So, what's even the point? Yeah. Uh, in the last days of shoots, a real match between the British and Indian teams was played, which the British eventually won. Because, <laughs> uh, I mean, shit, yeah, you're just, like, your act playing cricket all this time. Like, might as well just play a real fucking game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of the crowd that the audience see cheering during the match scene were actual villagers who came every day to be a part of the film. They would sit patiently Holy in the shit. sun the entire day while the film was shot. Holy shit, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Unpaid extras. <laughs> but I mean, they would have got a right fucking kick out of it. Like, mm. I bet. They would have had a grand old time. It seemed like they wanted to be there. So. Yeah, obviously. During the final cricket match, one of the British players, Smith, gets run out. 
As the actor ran back to the crease, he fell, landing on his cricket bat and dislocating his left shoulder. Oh. <laughs> Wait, was that in the film? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Go back and watch it. It's a fucking... You can, you okay, can spot yeah, it. Sure. You can spot it. Fucking hell, okay. Yeah. It's, uh, it's one of those Tom Cruise breaking his toe, uh, but still carrying on type of moments. Uh, he does that in Fallout. Oh. Uh. And they, they use the shot where Tom Cruise breaks his toe. What was it? What's the, what's the other one that comes to mind? Um, from... It was a Leo one from... Uh, oh, uh, b- 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 yeah, I know the one. Django Unchained, where he smashes Django. his hand on the table. Yeah, yeah. He, cut, he cuts his hand cuts open. Cuts his hand open, runs with it. He's got, like, actual actual blood on yeah. his hand, and the actor that he's wiping <laughs> on is like, oh, oh, God. <laughs> and the actors, just in general, are like, oh, fuck, just, do you need help? Like, <laughs> just inwardly. Oh, God, what a man. The shot where Buvan hits the winning six, the team and villagers run towards him to celebrate their victory, followed by the sequence of rain, which was a one-take shot. With 10,000 people running around on set, possibly leading to a stampede, and with the risk of the crew and equipment getting mobbed, the director had just one chance to capture the perfect scene. Hey. <laughs> Fucking, can you imagine? Mm. Mm. Ugh. Well worked out. Yeah, it all came together in the end. They nailed it. The first cut of the film was seven hours and 30 minutes long. It's longer than Gangs of Wassy per part one and part two. <laughs> what, is, what else was in there? Maybe more stuff with Elizabeth, I'm thinking. Maybe. Because her Maybe. stuff felt a bit dry, especially towards the end. Like the, that whole plot line seems like it's tossed out the window and then... Yeah, it kind of dries they up have that. Quick. Yeah, they have that bit at the end where Elizabeth's like, oh, she loves her. Okay. Like... It yep. all kind of, yeah, resolves itself very quickly. That would make sense. We'll, we'll already touch on that. Lagan's shooting was done in Kutch district of Gujarat. The places are Viji Villas, forgive my pronunciation here, <laughs> Viji Villas Palace, Mandavi, Prague Mahal Bhuj, and the fields between Jam Kunaria and Kote near Bhuj. Uh, Amir Khan and his team were very impressed by the villages of Kote and Kunaria. After six months of shooting, there was a high-scale earthquake in the village and destroyed most of the village. Uh, After this, Amir donated much of his Lagan earnings for relief efforts to help the village. That's good. That's nice. Seems like a cool guy. Hmm. Amir Khan got his uh, ears pierced so he could actually wear earrings. That's right. The the shot where he gets hit in the ear and there's like blood like coming down. I'm like, how? Dripping down the earring, yeah. Is that yeah. real? I don't know. It looks pretty convincing. And Amir Khan wore his wife's earrings for the role of Bouvard. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was cute. Mm. In the film, Bouvard scored the winning shot and was not out throughout the innings. In reality, while filming the climax, Amir Khan admitted to being bowled out once. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that's good because, like, I was while I was watching it, I was imagining like, what if what if one of the bowlers fucks it up? Like, what if they actually fuck up a bowl? Like, all right, reset, you know? Yeah. <laughs> From the top. Oh fuck! What a nightmare! What a nightmare! Filming a sports film is, and then you know what they thought? Sports film not enough. Why don't we have singing and dancing too? <laughs> Let's just double up the the fuck the amount of a nightmare that it could be. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking props to, uh, yeah, Ashutosh and uh, Ashutosh Gawarika for, you know, and his entire crew for pulling together some of the spectacles that are in this movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. Yeah. I'm I'm actually going to rewatch this movie at some point. I'm, watch it with your folks, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've, I've already recommended it to them and told them to go check it out because it's on Netflix. So, uh, yeah, no excuse to not be able to go find it. Mm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I reckon it's a gem. 
I'm definitely going to check this one out da- again. Dare I yeah, say, I good good Christmas movie to have like playing while you're like making dinner making or, dinner or stuff, lunch or something like that. Like that. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. mm. I can vibe that. Definitely, it's yeah. got some bops, got some slaps, slapping tracks, <laughs> slap, slippity slap. You know how it is? Slip, slap, lapping. Slip, slap, slap. Slip, slap, lapping. That's an old. That's an old reference for the uh, Jonathan Douglas fans out there in the crowd. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah. You're yeah. Out there. That one's for you, baby boys. <laughs> Well, uh... Okay, well, cool. <laughs> On that note, uh, we, uh, we put out uh, episodes weekly. I haven't actually done one of these little... little Off you go. T- timing intros. Uh, we put them out uh, every Tuesday, uh, 12 a.m., so midnight, uh, Eastern Standard Time, Australian Eastern Standard Time. If you live in Sydney, bloody got them. Melbourne too, I guess. Um, if you are more European designated, uh, that's about 2 p.m. Uh, Greenwich Mean Time. Um, and it's 10 a.m. on the eastern uh, coast of the USA and 7 a.m. on the western coast. On a Monday. Uh, on a Monday, yes. That's right. It is on a Monday. Um, mm-hmm. we are, you can contact us by email at 250pod at gmail.com. That's TW. O F I V E O H P O D no spaces at gmail.com uh, as well as YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, Instagram is probably the best place to get in contact with us. But if you want to listen to it on YouTube, if you're one of those people, I guess you can. Up to you. <laughs> Do we have many hits on YouTube? I haven't actually checked uh, out YouTube channel that. We've got a couple. Okay, cool. Let's not talk That's fucking. Nice. Let's not bloody talk baseball here, fellas. All right, <laughs> on the podcast. What are you doing? Yeah, don't. Yeah, don't tell about the sausages, mate. I'm exactly. sorry. Um, you can, uh, if you'd rather listen to us in a purely auditory format, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Deezer, Podcast Static, Pocket Casts, Google Home, and Amazon Echo. I know you were taking the piss out of me before because I read them too slowly. So that time I read them super fast. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Uh, we we're both getting have... out of here. Let's go. Come on. <laughs> oh, we just broke the one hour mark. Fuck. Um, ah, shit. No, come on. Quick, quick, quick. Oh, no. It doesn't include edits. It's fine. Um, oh, true. <laughs> we, uh, we both have personal Letterboxd accounts. Letterboxd is a uh, website that is used to kind of track your film watching and write reviews. Uh, we... Uh, sorry, I am on uh, Upa. Uh, that's U-U-U-P-A-H. I write little haikus after each film that I've watched. And Douglas. I am I-E-N-Z-O-K-N-I-G-H-T. That's the Enzo Knight with a K. Just whack those little bad boys, those little usernames into the letterbox search engine and you'll find our profiles. Mm. Uh, and I write, you know, just a couple of paragraphs about each film that I watch. And it may not be a 250 film. It might just be a film that I've watched for the heck of it that I kind of want to talk about. So, yeah. I do yeah, that too, just, but I haven't been watching many films recently. I love you watched Scott it. Pilgrim out of order, you fuckhead. <laughs> Unbelievable. Ain't shit. <laughs> uh, well, thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening to the 250. Thanks and for listening as, to the 250. As always. We'll see you real soon. <laughs> I, I thought we were trading off there, so I was like, you do it. I did it. I <laughs> did it. You, you did, I know, but like you just you left me hanging for like a very I, long I, I, period like, of time. You, you, the cogs were running really fucking hard. <laughs> I was like, uh, what is it again? What is it again? What, what do we say? say? <laughs> <sighs> Man, podcast outros are hard. I, I think we always do an excellent job. I think it's the high point of each podcast is when we say goodbye and people don't have to listen to us anymore. Bye. See ya. <laughs>
Thank <laughs> you.